no, doesn't screw up ever. Brandon Ingram, except for when he's out for me, unfortunately. <laughs> James Madison joins us right now on the GetMyPhoenix.com guest line. The Phoenix are revolutionary technology, helping men all across America get back to their best in the bedroom. Visit BuyThePhoenix.com to learn more. Jake, thanks so much. You can catch his work. Locked on Pelicans, locked on the NBA. How you doing, man? How you been? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on, you guys. So, Jake, I actually just want to start with Zion with Brandon Ingram. Um because I did play a couple different tickets on the Pelicans to win it all, just to reach the Western Conference Finals as well. I love Brandon Ingram. I've always been a huge fan. So last year, it was great seeing him actually perform on the big stage. Worried about Zion's health, obviously, because he looked so damn good. He was in shape. Uh, I thought he was a Dark Horse MVP candidate if he could stay healthy. Your concern level on a scale of 1 to 10 about Zion's health uh, for the remainder of this season, just him coming back and then looking the way that he looked before the injury. It's it's pretty low. I think it's probably about a three. I don't think this is anything to really get worried about overall, for, especially for him to sp- finish out the regular season. If you're looking for him to play enough games to make an all NBA team to kind of get back into the MVP conversation, that could be a big of a uh, big issue. He's going to get reevaluated this week with the uh, with the hamstring injury. They want to do some more injury uh, imaging on him. If he comes back and he's healthy, he's going to play like we saw from him. You know, he's got a lot of injuries throughout his career, one that kept him out all of last season with the foot injury but they haven't all really been connected they're not the same thing being injured over and over and over again which i think kind of leads to a little bit more longevity especially in the nba they're going to be a little bit cautious with him given that he's the superstar and kind of the franchise cornerstone with this team but he's going to be back and he's going to be fine jake looking at just kind of the pelicans team as a whole they've lost four in a row here seven of their last 10 probably just going through one of these stretches that seemingly every nba team does obviously dealing with injuries any cause of concern for you or just kind of one of these little ruts that they're in? It's a mix of both. You know, we don't need to overthink this stretch that they're on right now. It's because they don't have Brandon Ingram or Zion Williamson. You got 50 points in street clothes. And while I think the Pelicans are one of the deeper teams in the league, that depth only goes so far. There's no replacing either of those two guys. And this is kind of what you see when they play, right? They're close or taking a lead in the first half. And then in the second half, those leads get whittled away as talent ultimately ends up winning out in the NBA. They had a big lead over the Miami Heat. They had the same over the Cleveland Cavaliers. And then the star players close the games out. New Orleans just doesn't have that right now. So I think long term, when you're looking at them to potentially make a run to the Western Conference Finals, they'll be fine as long as they're healthy. And I think they're still going to be one of the top teams in the Western Conference. The problem is... If this lingers a little bit longer for Brandon Ingram, if this lingers a little bit longer for Zion Williamson, they've fallen from third to fourth in the standings. They're only a game and a half up on the Dallas Mavericks right now. And the West, as I'm sure you know, is really packed close. They're four games out from being the 11th seed. So your margin for error is just much smaller than it normally would be. So you need to get those guys back sooner rather than later. Otherwise, instead of positioning yourself for the right type of seeding in the postseason, you're looking to just get in in the first place. And that takes a lot of energy. That takes a lot of effort. And you'd rather have these guys, particularly a team that's dealing with some injuries, be rested for the postseason. So I think that could be the long-term concern. But when you look at this, when they've been healthy, when Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson and CJ McCollum have all played, they're a top five offense. They're a top five defense. They have one of the better net ratings in the league. I think when you look at it like that, they should be okay. But health is always that big question mark. Do you think they have to make a move? It looks like they're going to make a move, but do you think they need to make a move at the deadline? You know, and what do you think they need? Is it like more size, a guy like John Collins, or is it more shooting? Because, I mean, Devontae Graham, I had such high hopes for him coming into the season, and he scored 10 points in a game, I think, only like twice since Thanksgiving. He just hasn't been shooting the ball as well as he did the last couple of years. So what do you think they need at the deadline, if anything at all? 
Yeah, you know, I don't think they need to make a move. And I actually just did a show about this. There's some real long-term luxury tax concerns that they need to start taking into account too. This team, if you project them out right now against the cap, is like $9 million over <laughs> into the luxury tax. I don't know if that's realistic for a small market team, let alone for multiple years. So that could be a problem going forward if you add long-term salary to this team at the trade deadline. But I think if you're looking to add something, I think it's more offense, particularly if you don't know when Zion's going to come back. It sounds like we might get Brandon in back this week on a bit of a homestand that they have but if you don't you ne you need some more scoring that's been really the key for them you see them struggle in fourth quarters where they only have one guy in cj mccullum that can go and get his own shot and has his own offense so they're they're relying on maybe trying to get the ball to a guy like Jonas valanciunas down low but they had 24 turnovers against the miami heat trying to do things like that they could really use a guy like malik beasley from the utah jazz or uh Bojan bogdanovich from the detroit Pistons, just kind of instant offense that also gives you three-point shooting to help space the court a little bit better when Zion Williamson comes back. This is the team that takes the second fewest threes per game in the league. With Zion, you need some shooters from deep, I think a little bit more so than they have. I don't think they're feeling huge pressure to make a move. I'm sure they'd like to maybe consolidate the end of the bench a little bit. You mentioned Devontae Graham, who I think has been disappointing here in New Orleans. You also have Jackson Hayes, the former eighth overall pick, who just hasn't lived up to that hype. That's going to be an expired and restricted free agent that they probably don't want to deal with. If you package both those guys together, it gets you close to $18, 20000000 million. That can bring you back a significant uh, player if they're ready to pay for the team next season. Mm. It's a lot of good stuff there, Jake. If New Orleans is fully healthy, I've been on their, their bandwagon all season. I think they're the best team in the West. I really do if they're fully healthy. Do you believe so as well, or do you still see other teams in the West that you think are better than them? You know, I, I still wouldn't necessarily put them higher than, say, the Denver Nuggets, who are actually going to be here in New Orleans tomorrow. You know, the Memphis Grizzlies have presented a bit of a problem, too, and there's a couple matchups that concern me with real big, tall teams in the postseason. If they were to get matched up with Utah, if they decide to go for it, that's a first-round series that would concern me a little bit. So I'm not ready to say they're the best team in the league, but when they're healthy, they're good. There's no doubt about that. They were first in the West already. They've beaten Denver here in New Orleans. You know, they held the second seed for a little bit. They were the third seed for a couple of weeks, too. They've been in the top four despite just having Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram play 10 games together. So when you've seen this team, you haven't really seen their full potential. We haven't seen what they're capable of just yet. They get healthy, and that's going to frame like every conversation around them for the time being. You know, and they get on a run. They build some of that on-court chemistry. You know, CJ McCollum was added in the middle of last season, doesn't have a ton of time with Zion. You know, all three of those guys don't have a large sample size of playing together, but it's really good when they do. And I trust the role players to work around those guys really, really well. So if they end up in the conference finals and make a series of it, even if they ultimately lose, I don't think I'd walk away from this season being shocked that that happened. You brought up the Nuggets. Do you think the Nuggets, like, can you take them seriously when we get to the playoffs? I know they didn't have Jamal last year. Aaron Gordon's having a great year, and Porter Jr.'s actually stayed healthy, which helps. I love Jokic, but do you think they're built to win in the playoffs? Like, I know the Warriors look bad in the regular season, but they don't care about the regular season. We've we've seen that. I don't think the Suns are going to make a run, but, but with Denver, I just don't know that I could get there, man. You know, it... 
it's the big question, right? And that's, I think, one of the things that's probably holding people back from wanting to vote for Jokic to be MVP for a third straight year. When yeah. you do that, you put him in like all time, all time, all time great company. Only mm -hmm. two other players have done that, like ever, something along those lines, right? One of them's Larry Bird, and the other one's Wilt, I think. Yeah. Um, and so it feels weird putting a guy that high who doesn't have like a title or the postseason success that you would expect with it. But when he's been there, they've only lost in the first round once. You know, he hasn't had a full supporting cast around him in a number of years. I'm curious to see what they do if they go in healthy with Jamal Murray, with Michael Porter Jr. You know, I think they can. That offense is terrifyingly good when he's out there on the court. And it's one of the best ever in NBA history in the minutes that he plays. And he elevates everyone so much around him. I'd love to see them healthy and going wrong as long as they're not playing New Orleans, I guess, and, <laughs> yeah. and see what they're capable of, of doing here. But yeah, I think they definitely could. They're first in the West for a reason right now. What about the Kings? You know, obviously it's been a long time since Sacramento's had a good basketball team, but they're fun. They have the light, the beam going on, and it's a good matchup tonight against the Grizzlies, the game of the night. Ryan and I both like Sacramento. We think this is kind of a statement game for them tonight. Um, what are your thoughts on that game tonight against the Grizzlies and just long term with the Kings? Are you a believer in them? Yeah, they're fun, aren't they? They are so much fun to watch. They're a really, really good league pass team. And when I think of them and when I watch them, you know, the thing that really stands out to me is not necessarily their players, but it's actually their head coach, Mike Brown. This is a yeah. defensive guy. This is a guy who's kind of made his career as a defensive coach, getting teams to defend really hard. And this year he comes in and just realizes this King's not this Kings team isn't going to do that. They're not going to be a defensive juggernaut. And he just leans all in on offense. They have the second best offense in the league right now. They go out and score points like crazy. So for a coach to completely change his philosophy on what the third or fourth team he's been the head coach of always kind of impresses me and seeing that kind of adaptation for him, it's working. They can't defend. That's going to be a problem for them long-term. And when you're playing a probably slower style in the postseason, you're going to need to get stops and they're really not going to be able to do that that worries me long term but man for them to have the year that they're having the beam squad there is fun <laughs> we're talking with jake madison right now here on betmgm tonight you can follow him on twitter nola jake let's move over to the east really quickly because obviously boston's the team to beat milwaukee they finally get chris middleton back tonight and they're looking good they're up like 40 on the pistons already uh do you think Brooklyn, I know that we just saw them play in a playoff series against Boston last year and Boston swept them, but obviously Steve Nash is gone. This is a different team. If KD and Kyrie are healthy, you know, do you think that maybe they're the team to beat in the East or do you think it is Boston? Who do you like coming out of the East this year? I like Boston a little bit more than a fully healthy Brooklyn, just because I think there's less, com you know, like combustibility there. I feel that Boston's going to be a very solid team. And with Brooklyn still having some of that baggage from the offseason and leading up to when they, they parted ways with Steve Nash worries me a little bit, as well as the injury history there with guys like Kevin Durant and some of the other ones that are still dealing with that. When they're healthy, though, when they were making that run, they won 12 straight games, 13 straight games, something like that. You know, they looked like the best team in the East by a good bit, and I would have actually put them ahead of Boston at that time, but this injury kind of really worries me a little bit, and you feel a little bit boom or bust with them that maybe it's either going to be really good or really bad. You know, banking on health can be a little bit terrifying, I think, at times. I put Boston in there consistently above that but I actually think they're they're fairly close Jake real quick got about a minute minute and a half or so want to bring it back to your Pelicans and talk about the head coach Willie Green he's done an awesome job man really good young head coach what impresses you most about him and just the way that the Pelicans play as a team under him 
Yeah, you know, it's it's kind of the way he relates to his players. Being a former role player around the league, carved out a pretty decent 10-year career, I think it allows you to relate to those guys a whole lot more, get their buy-in. Jock Vaughn's a good example of doing that in Brooklyn, too. Just having the right head coach that can get the buy-in, get those guys to kind of do what they need to do. The Pelicans are good defensively this year. Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, CJ McCollum are not good defensive players, but they're trying on that side of the ball. And that gets you really, really far, I think. And it's such stark contrast to what happened under Stan Van Gundy when this Pelicans team frankly hated him and couldn't wait to get rid of him so to have a coach come in and immediately get the buy-in like that I think has been truly impressive Jake thanks so much man enjoy the games this week we'll talk again soon thanks Jake thanks for having me on that was Jake Madison on the GetMyPhoenix.com guest line. The Phoenix, a revolutionary technology helping men all across America get back to their best in the in the bedroom visit by the visit by the Phoenix.com to learn more Ooh, there's a mouthful hey oh. hey Peach Got a little bit of a sweat yeah, here at Wells Ryan Arena. Uh, the Badgers and the Wildcats tied up right now at 59. The Fighting Mike Greenberg's a bunch of future you know, journalists Ryan, out so here. I'm so mad at myself. Uh-oh. We're talking to Nola Jake, and Uh-oh. I should have rocked my uh, cafe, my uh, cafe Dumas shirt. Yeah, because I want a beignet now. You screwed up. I did. A Didn't even beignet. think about it. I just remembered. I'm like, you know what? I'm wearing that shirt today. A beignet. Beignet. Ryan, we need to get you a beignet. We do. Nick, have you had a beignet yet? I have not had a beignet oh, yet. Oh man, we got to get both you guys beignet. Where's the Tillier? Let's have him on. Talk about some beignets. Should we just call him out of nowhere? Hey, Mike, what's up? He'd love it. Mike, you having some beignets? Hey, Mike, I got a. uh, I got. Mike, I got $200 on the Badgers. Can you just talk for 15 minutes about everybody that you watch play high school football? Well, let me tell you something about Randy Moss back in 1994. That's that's what I would do with the Tillier right now. 60 to 59, Badgers trail by one, 350 to go. If they win, I'll be happy. If they lose, more money contributed to the sports book. I think I'm paying Jamie Foxx's salary after losing all my money on the Cowboys yesterday. We can. Continue next, BetMGM tonight. Get in the hole!